welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. It's another one of these, except this time we're slowing down. Pump the brakes, everybody. We have been doing a series of a series of unfortunate events episodes, but so far mm-hmm. we've done it in two, right? Books one through three we did in one episode. Books yeah. four through six we did in the second episode covering this mm-hmm. series. And we promised you last time this is where we would slow down. And boy, I'm so glad we did. Uh, also of note, this is... Honestly, this is the first time I've like fully been reading these again. Um, yeah. I, I'm giving myself some credit for the last few episodes. I did not yeah. read them immediately before recording, but I had literally a couple years ago in preparation for the TV show coming out, reread them. So they were still like fresh on my mind. But this week I was like, this is where the series takes off. This is why I wanted to do the reread personally. I know EJ also wanted to do these rereads oh, just yeah. for, for all sorts of reasons. But for me, it was like I never finished it. So I'm ready to get into the meat of the actual stuff. And this this is the one, everyone. So I'm just so stoked because we're now in the thick of what this series is actually about. Yeah, this is uh, we've now started, you know, in, in the show, I've I've dubbed the first six books, the Guardian arc. Uh-huh. And I. I wrapped it up with a clean bow last time saying that we have finished the Guardian arc. Yep. Now, this is a bit of a transition between what I would call the Guardian arc and the Fugitive arc, yeah. uh, which is where we're headed, which is where the Baudelaire's turn into fugitives. Yeah, on, so, the, on the run. Are, <laughs> this yeah, is basically and, the book that puts them on the run, essentially. Yeah, this is the... I mean, this is a quintessential book in the series. I didn't remember how quintessential it was yeah. going to be it's i didn't i deal. didn't remember yeah it's kind of the keystone to mm-hmm. the series mm-hmm. um you know this thing really takes a turn and it uh each book from here forward feels unique yeah. um for yeah. better or for worse it feels unique yeah. whereas maybe the first especially the first four books and maybe and you could argue the first five books feel kind well, of same i would say this the first four or five books feel unique yet formulaic right they're all just doing exactly the formula but they are also significantly more distinct in their like locations and what they are about because they are about so little right but from here on out now the books are about a larger part of the whole whereas the first six books were not very much a part of the larger whole they were about what hijinks count olaf up to this time and how are the kids going to get out of this one but the vile village is uh, technically, they're still getting a guardian. So to EJ's point, this is not maybe the guardian arc, but they have been assigned a new guardian uh, by Mr. Poe, and Mr. Poe sends them to a town. Uh, and that town, the village is supposed to raise the children, right? It, it takes a village to raise a child, and they are going to do that. But I would say this is about the most depressing that situation gets out of all of the first seven books uh in terms of 
uh, being let down by adults. They, these kids are constantly let down by adults, but they enter a city full of about the worst people I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what's funny is like these aren't even. It's 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 funny you put it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're just kind of grumpy. They're old just nothing. Folks. They're so useless. They're so, they're so yeah. useless. I will say this is the one book so far where I felt like the tertiary characters um, just weren't very fleshed out. No, um, it makes it feel like a really fast read because you really yeah. only care about son, like, like the, the Baudelaire kids are the only things happening in this book. Like, yeah, yeah, which is to its credit. Yeah. It's probably the best part of the book is this one's way more Baudelaire focused. There's like, I don't know, a total of... 15, 20 pages maybe of Count Olaf in this book. Right. There ain't yeah. much Count He's Olaf. He's barely in, in it. That's very true. Which is actually a credit to this book right. also. Yeah. I get tired of hearing about Count Olaf. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, none of his, do, none of his cohorts, and it. it's him and Esme, uh, who we we met in the last book. But yeah, mm-hmm. the two of them are barely in it. Uh, it's a lot of this town. Uh, we meet uh, the only person who's Hector. like somewhat sympathetic is Hector. Hector is like the caretaker of the town and is trying to escape sort of, but he's also terrified of all of the people that live in this town. And then you sort of, you don't really meet any of the citizens of the town. You get descriptions. Honestly, they feel the same way that Olaf's band feels where it's like, and yeah. this is the person with the funny face. And this is the one with the whatever. Like you don't get anything outside the- of that with most of these town members. One thing I noticed about the town members too is like they all have names, but I don't remember them from like moment to moment. No, and yeah. then also also all of the elders don't have names. Right. Which is which is <laughs> I think a very interesting stylistic choice yeah, yeah. is to not give them names at all and instead like make them like the, just this one being like I can't, an elder. I can't help but think of hot fuzz with this yeah. with this book. Like the way yeah, this town is you know is what? like the town You're in right. hot fuzz. It's very You're right. <laughs> Holy cow, I've never made that connection. You made that connection in my head and I'll never unsee it. That is exa- it is exactly this town. Yeah. Uh so they are being taken care of by this town. Uh, the big thing though is uh, uh the the idea is that people are wise to count Olaf now except for journalism has failed us and everyone's just on the hunt for count Omar didn't like, and didn't like, like the slight at journalism yeah it's a little weird it's it's a little weird I guess well because the, the the journalistic uh enterprise they're talking about is is this one that and maybe this is like more the show pushes this idea that it is like a gossip a, column it's a, yeah it's a it's terrible like a, rag it's like a yeah yeah a national inquirer it's, it's the New York Post yeah or, <laughs> yeah so uh, th- they get the news that, you know, that Olaf is a bad person, but they have all the wrong information. Uh, but the town says they are going to protect the kids from Olaf. But Olaf uses some new character, a fella named Jacques, uh, mm-hmm. to pose as Olaf against his will so that he will be quote unquote captured. And then no, then Olaf can like be free because no one's looking for him anymore. And Jacques is where... The keys to a lot of mysteries start to really happen. And if anything, too, honestly, they don't even really unravel in this book. Uh, But I I have too many things in my brain at this point of like the show. The interesting choice of the show is they start to introduce Jacques in the Austere Academy, book five. Yeah. Uh, so they and actually start own. to tease that him and his his partner are traveling about looking for the Baudelaire's and they're spies and you start to learn there's more going on. The show is very interested in uh, in season two teasing that there's like more 
going on. Uh, Mr. Mr. And, Firefly himself. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Firefly himself. Nathan Fillion shows up as Jacques. Um, this is one, actually, I haven't watched the episodes for Vile Village yet, and I'm excited to. I will, I'm going to be, from here on out, I'm going to, like, read the book, watch the episode, and then do the recording, basically, because I want to, like, have yeah. this whole, I just want to have every inch of this stuff in my brain. Uh, yeah, but I cool. didn't, I didn't get around to it this time, and I'm, I'm fine with that because of how much, uh, I know from the rest of the series had already pushed into this. But, in the book, we just yeah. sort of meet Jacques, uh, and we, we get, like, slight hints that, like, Jacques is someone who matters, uh, but uh, we don't get to learn much about Jacques uh, in this book, and we will w- uh, w- w- we will learn more about Jacques later from uh, from Quigley Quagmire, basically. Yeah, we learn more about this character. This character really doesn't get a, anything in this. There's yeah. not a lot of substance out of Jacques. It's just basically, I am not the person you say I am. I have these markings because of who I am. Right. So we get a little closer. So he does act as kind of a... Uh, you know the grander mystery, right? Right. He had um, the, we, the big trick is he has the same tattoo mm-hmm. as Olaf, and it's not right. just and he it's has not just that Olaf put a tattoo on him. It's that he has the same tattoo, and he says it's for his job, and that <laughs> is like I mean, this is literally the very first the the two things we now know about this world is yep. VFD are some important initials and a lot of this book is the kids trying to uncover more information about those initials the town they go to is called the VFD the uh, village of foul devotees yeah <laughs> ends up being this the, the from here on out the book is going to play with VFD all the so time. much all the time everything's a red herring everything's maybe a clue maybe not uh but we know vfd matters and now we know this tattoo matters and and we have our first two clues at the broader mystery but we don't know much else yet i was surprised in rereading this and actually i re-listened to this and just to pause here for a moment and say mm-hmm. i was i bounced off the first book uh audiobook wise which was foolish because uh these audiobooks are read by tim curry wow uh this is tim curry and also i think we mentioned on this show not that long ago that daniel handler lemony snicket himself the actual writer uh of these books is like friends with the band the legendary indie folk (laughs) band the magnetic fields he's like performed with them on accordion and stuff well in addition to that stephen Merritt of the magnetic fields does the like quote unquote soundtracks for the audiobooks these audiobooks rule okay everyone (laughs) and i'm sorry i've not been recommending them to you sooner because these are incredible and everyone should check them out it's so funny that you're listening to the audiobooks of these and, yeah. and finding all of this out. And it's great that all of that is true of these <laughs> audiobooks. Um, but I'm just reading these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turns I'll be out bouncing am, back and forth. I'm not committed to fully uh, yeah, audiobooking, yeah. but this one was I spent one day out in the yard doing yard work and I was like, I got two hours. I can double speed this. And I didn't even realize it was Tim Curry while I was listening to it because I had it, it on speed. two times speed. What I've learned between this week and last week's episode is I got to stop. I got to stop listening to books for this show on two times speed or like even sped up at all. Even though like I'm trying to expedite and get, I got to quit treating <laughs> my media habits as if it is a race. Okay. It's doing yeah. damage to my enjoyment of the media uh, because I didn't get to realize this was Tim Curry. Are you kidding time. me? The whole time you were getting like a master class and yep. like instead of like, like recognizing it was a master class performance. You're like that guy who would probably walk by like if Charlie Chaplin was a mime <laughs> at the mall. 
and it was just like putting on an exhibition. Just You're just like, get out of my yeah. way. I'm trying yep. to get my coffee. So I'm that's, busy. I'm Blah. busy. I've got things to do. It's like Matt's whole vibe. So yeah, so Matt missed out on what seems like a masterclass performance. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this book, um, this this book, uh, excellent illustrations again by Brett Helquist. Yeah, I'd say. So he really picks up from uh, from kind of the earlier in the series. It feels like uh, Brett Helquist is just kind of doing a couple of illustrations per book. Yeah, um, they, and most of the time, like m- most of what he does is like the chapter breaks. Right. Um, and in this one, they're much fuller pictures. It mm-hmm. feels like. Yeah, they're taking um, over feel, more of the page rather than like yeah. ah, a little thing in the corner. It's like, and, it, and I it, think that it, it kind of started with Ursat's elevator is yeah. uh, is where I'll say it started, and now they're kind of like. Okay, we're getting kind of more of Brett Helquist's yeah. whole deal. Stylistically, um, to like the cover and stuff. So every every one of these books, the edge is um, is like a different color or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like the they've spine they've the been book. like specific, you know. They've been kind of kind of primary colors so far, yeah. but Vile Village to me has always been notable for being the one with the, the gray the, the dull gray yep. and then the cover itself the cover art all of the cover arts are like kind of you know it's a series of unfortunate events yeah, it's like so, sort of sad but that matched with the gray binding like this one it, when you so grab thematic. it you feel like you're entering a new era it's a tome. of it's this a tome series it's a new sure. tome it's a new th- yeah. it's it's like it, it is so interesting i do think too even as a kid mm-hmm. this is the first one where I got this one like I I had been given I recall like two Christmases in a row I was just being given these books by my grandparents and I didn't even touch them it was like oh what you're giving me knockoff Harry Potter there's just a kid with glasses but it's not Harry Potter I don't want that it's dumb and I got like three books one year and like two or three more books the next year and then finally started reading them and got hooked. And I like I if memory serves, Vile Village is like, Mom, Dad, I'm using my money to go buy this book, and these are mine from here on out. And then the rest of the collection was stuff like I sought out. Uh, so it's I don't dope. know. This is where I got hooked into this stuff. Uh, and it makes it's actually just a perfect like hooking point. I would say. Yeah. Um, I would say the last book is really where like you're like okay here we go something's going austere austere academy kind of does it where it teases you right at the end it just like gets you right at the end it's like hey there's something more yeah yeah there's something more here. well at the very least because it ends with like you got to go catch the trip we got to go find the triplets right we got it we we, there's at least that and And they're like yeah and they're like spilling some of the mystery and then it was like okay now there's a bigger mystery and this one really just like amplifies the mystery times 10 yes because somebody dies in this book yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and say jacques dies right allegedly like he may (laughs) may or may not be dead but well yeah it it does happen off page right this one happens off page with anybody in these books though yeah with anybody in these books it's hard to know you never know if anybody's actually dead like that's kind of one of the tricks that Lemmy right. Snicket pulls. And it I will say it is one of my least favorite tricks throughout the series. I don't like when we kill characters and it's a, a you know, it's kind of like I don't like movies that are like it's all a dream kind uh-huh. of thing, Oh, sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not a fun it, rug it to pull out that. from under you. It's it's, it's, it's not just actually like interesting. You, s- you lied right. to me. You, you didn't right, trick right, right. me. You lied. <laughs> and like there's something to be said about being, being an unreliable narrator, but that's not what Lemony Snicket is yeah right like we're supposed to take everything else's facts so you can't really be pulling the rug out from under yeah. us 
as much as Lemony Snicket tries to do that, especially later in the series, and we'll see it later. Yeah. But in Vile Village, we don't really see it much. It's just Jacques is dead, right. and now the and the Baudelaire's have been framed for his murder. Yeah, it's sure. Kinda, it's a little loose. <laughs> not not even framed, just accused. Of, just like just patently, just yeah, like just I don't like, know. <laughs> we decided it's their fault. Kind it was of their <laughs> fault. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like maybe the baby did it. Is uh, what they came up with. Another part of the metatextual uh, uh, trick of Jacques yeah. that we haven't even talked about. Like we know that Jacques has like more mystery to him, but yeah. as a reader, we're being written this book by Lemony Snicket. We end every book with like a, a letter, like the back of a book is Lemony Snicket writing a letter about what the book is about. The end of each book has like a, here's a found thing that you can, this one ends with like a, a, a please excuse the word stop at the end of every interview speaker, blah, blah, blah. Like we get these messages from Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket is a character in this series. Yep. And Jacques is Jacques Snicket. And go. we don't explain anything else, but the reader is instantly like, uh, uh, what's going on? <laughs> what, is, what is happening right now? And it's it's incredibly intriguing. Like, I, I can't express just, like, how, like, very, very intri- intriguing this book is and how much it really starts to hook you. He, he, he doesn't, it's, you just know he's Jacques until, like, right up at the very end, and then he tells them his name is Jacques Snicket, and nobody bats an eye, but except for you, the reader, starts to freak out a little bit internally. What did you think of the couplets? So, <laughs> well, this is what I remembered. I didn't fully remember what the puzzle was. But after I, like I the second one, I was like, oh, yeah. wait, I remember the puzzle. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? Speaking of that, speaking of like the memory of this book. It's the, a cool puzzle. It's a funny puzzle. It's a good puzzle. I think it's doled out well. Uh, there's there's a whole initials thing going on. And it's the, it, it comes at you slowly enough that it's it doesn't feel like they cheated to reveal. It almost doesn't work. It yeah. almost doesn't work because. There's a point where I roll my eyes where I'm like, okay, we got the it. answers yeah. there. The yeah. answers there. Now I'm an adult, so it's right, like right. the answer may not be there for a child. But yeah, they spend like a probably, page and a half over explaining it to you, basically. <laughs> right, but it, yeah, yeah, the point where they're like, well, she couldn't uh, just say where she was, yeah. and I'm like, well, she probably could have, because it's like, well, just in case, like Count Olaf got a hold of it, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but he didn't, and like that's totally fine. Yeah, like. Let me tell you a scene that is etched in my memory, though, uh, from Mm -hmm. this book that honestly, for a while, I couldn't even tell you what it was from. Like, I just had the scene in my brain and I didn't remember it was series of unfortunate events. And then starting this book, I was like, I feel like it is a series of unfortunate events book. And as we got closer to the scene actually playing out, I was like, this is it. And it's the freaking bread escape from the jail cell where they're they're scooping up it this is this is when we get into the magical realism of series of unfortunate events they're they're sloshing water against the edge of their jail cell to cause erosion something that classically takes hundreds of thousands of years (laughs) a long time (laughs) but they're sloshing the water and then they grab their loaf of bread soak up the water wring it out like a sponge into a bucket and do that again and they do that over and over again all night until they have bored a hole through their jail cell technically technically they aren't eroding the bricks they're eroding the mortar Uh between the bricks Mm -hmm. okay which is historically a little weaker okay (laughs) it is a little weaker um but they do this with a glass of water and a loaf of bread man now 
It's a, the the part that falls apart there for me is the bread is acts as a sponge yeah. and they're like sponging up the water and then like wringing out bread and then the idea it that the bread comes not, back like like yeah folds yeah, yeah back like comes back it, to its yeah it, as if bread is capable of that yeah, I love it bread can even do that. even as a little, like fourteen year old or thirteen yeah. year old I mean you the, you're you're perfectly competent but yeah right. it's it's patently <laughs> absurd but I don't know these books just get away with the patently absurd the people yeah. behave patently absurd like it it's it's in subtle ways and in extreme ways like this all the time um it makes you wonder what planet these people are (laughs) like they're definitely humanoids and they're definitely like similar to us but it's just like they do so many wacky things this this town in particular right this freakily bureaucratic town where there's its rules the whole thing of the town is they are obsessed with they are codes of conduct. They have they have bylaws and they have a long list. And every time anything happens, they can everyone can cite you the infraction. Uh, and the best part is when Klaus has had to do research on it, and he pulls up and he's like pointing out that there are laws that directly contradict each other. Uh, and it, that's beautiful. That's just a nice little touch. Uh, but it's just like these these just these freaks. Like all of the adults in all of these books are just absolute freaks uh and it makes it 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 makes it a wild ride yeah it makes it absurd i mean it's it's it it makes you wonder if it's really from like the baudelaire's perspective right the problem the problem with that though is lemony snicket is an adult in this universe yes like but he is kind of normal right like in in terms of he's like his only thing is like like he over explains some words to you but he doesn't like justify the adults actions he's like he doesn't point out how absurd they are but he is i don't yeah i don't know it's interesting he's the only normal one like just go back like the last like three books i mean their guardian i don't even remember his name um oh it was mr nemo or something nero mr nero Nero. who's named after a roman emperor (laughs) like that guy is like psychotic yeah and then the next person is jerome who's just like i don't know i can't take care of kids by myself i'm bad i'd love to take care of you but i guess i just suck at being an actual guardian yeah and then hector is just like i can't i have social anxiety have they only had one good (laughs) the only good one they ever had was in reptile room and it's just that he dies very yeah, early on he just died but he, super early in that within book. the couple Much chapters earlier. he dies yeah. but he seems to be the only good competent uh guardian they ever had a chance of having yeah yeah they were never they were i mean yeah they've never had anybody i mean hector's fine yeah and hector kind of tries to kidnap them to the sky yeah no nah, i'm not wild. i'm not into hector i think hector sucks <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, he's really. He's, he's so feckless. He and he and he and, and in the end, he's basically like, "I'll just escape, him. and hopefully you can hop on, kids. I don't know. Maybe you do or you don't. Try give like, it a I'm try. I'm leaving, but yeah. maybe you. Yeah, are. yeah. He happens to get away with the quagmire triplets, but yeah, but that which is good. But I think that's good, good. But it's happenstance, and the Baudelaire's don't make it, and that is where this book uh really gives Concludes. us the best conclusion is the kids have to ride off into the sunset because Mr. Poe is not picking them up and it is truly the end of the guardian arc fertly yeah. even by the stated principle even of the, the book dumb standard, you know yeah. the next book is gonna be completely different because it's, we don't even we don't, we don't even know where they're headed uh at, at the end of this one we just know they're on the lamb <laughs> they don't know where they're headed yeah it's very uh it's very uh waiting for godot it's very uh <laughs> just like 
where you know what well, next? Where are we going tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then you know, nobody moves is kind right. of like the stage note, right? <laughs> but they they are moving. They are moving on. They're going somewhere else. But uh, the where is like towards the horizon yep. and into the abyss uh, that is the rest of this world. And so the last, uh, what do we have? We have six books left. Yep. So the la- you know, this is the like I said earlier, this is the keystone of this series. This is. I feel like if Lemony Snicket got this book wrong, mm-hmm. or if uh, Daniel Handler got this book wrong, you know, I don't know how beloved this series is. Right. I after agree. this, yeah. because that because this is this is I mean, from this point forward, almost every book going forward is like the best book to that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You they know? they just get it's, better and better and better. From right. That's like, true. In my in my opinion, like. Vile Village is like kind of a kicking off point and really from Ursat's Elevator as well. Ursat's is like the best book until Vile Village until yep, yep, I think yep. Hostel Hospital and Carnivorous Carnival and then in my opinion one of the best books of the series is Slippery Slope after that. Yeah. Um and then uh, obviously dies off a cliff a little bit but um <laughs> We'll see if that's still It'll be true. Inter- it's going to be so Maybe interesting. Maybe Yeah, you've been, yeah, you've been hyping up it. how much you hate Grim Grotto for a while. I and hate I, it. We're getting it closer sucks. and closer, and I'm excited to see how it yeah. how it turns but, out for us. It is just them sitting in a room for the entire book, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just a room, a small room. A they, small they room escape. in the bottom of the sea. <laughs> yeah, a small submarine. Yeah. Uh, well, how fun can that possibly be? <laughs> and it's like the uh, longest book so far, too. It's like, geez. anyways. Well, well that's, and that's going to be true of everyone. I love how yeah they yeah they get longer, really longer and, and but i just want to say about vile village i think that it is probably the most important book of the series yeah. outside of maybe slippery slope in the end right i mean those right. are going to be the two the next benchmarks key, yeah the two next benchmarks and before this there wasn't a benchmark right you know exactly it, it, it was it was you buy these books because you like the characters and you want to hear the story mm-hmm. that i have for you but from this point forward it's like no there's not only a mystery to be solved, there's people to be saved. Yep. Uh, our our protagonists are criminals. Yep. Essentially, right? They're wanted for murder, even though they're like fourteen. Like, <laughs> fourteen Klaus, down to Klaus two. Klaus has his fourteenth birthday yeah. in a jail cell. Dude, that's the other thing is, that happens in this one. At the end of this book, yeah. Sunny takes her first steps. Everything yeah. happens in this book, man. Everything Sunny happens. Sunny takes her first steps in this book, Matt. <laughs> It's beautiful. Her first steps, Matt. How did she get anywhere? Yeah, we got that. Doesn't make the, uh, there's some things in there that don't make sense in terms of the development of children. Uh, in terms of how much Sunny's I'm been talking s- and making I'm sense so of things, mad. and then I'm she's so mad. walking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, listen, shut up. I, I want to talk about the Sunny <laughs> Baudelaire problem in this book because sure. I feel like it's going to be like it gets more progressively solved. Yeah, but it's just so so silly that this was a problem in the first place. Yeah. Like. It feels like, it feels like, I I just want to go back to the fact that I think Daniel Handler had an idea mm-hmm. for a series of books and probably didn't realize that it was going to end, like get to the point where like Sonny needed to be a mobile person. Right, right. <laughs> like he was chill I with almost, her being a baby the whole time. And then it was like, wait, actually, for this to get interesting. I got to break up the party every once in a while and do more stuff. Well, it's like, it's like he clearly he had like an idea for what he wanted, like the books to be like, kind of like what the core structure was right. going to be right. when he first started writing these books. Mm-hmm. But it is like, he really didn't come up with an idea for what the series was going to be until book five. Right. And so 
it just creates so many problems for Sunny. I mean, she swords sword fights with her teeth in <laughs> in a book four. Yeah. She's an accountant in book five. She's yeah. I mean, this she's one's useless. this one's she climbs a wall with her teeth. Yeah, in gr- book six. Yeah, it's weird. Man. I mean, she kills a man with her teeth in this one. <laughs> supposedly, she yeah. doesn't really. But man, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at the. I was curious about the release dates of these books. I hadn't really paid attention to it so far. The first eight books were all released in a three-year period. Bad That's Beginning. incredible. Yeah, Bad Beginning, Reptile Room, 1999. Wide Window through Austere Academy, 2000. Airzat's Elevator through Hostel Hospital, 2001. And then it's one per year after that with the end coming out in 2006. But this is like, this is like not even the end, the end of the busiest. came out when I was 14. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild, huh? Uh, I don't remember what year I was actually reading these, though. I feel like I was... It was, I feel like it was well past any of these years by the time I was. It, I mu- it must have been probably 2004 when I started these. I don't know. Who knows? But I mean, uh, that tracks because I finished right around eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. I finished reading these so for the first time. So, And I remember the, the end coming out. It yeah. was like I was always like one year behind. Mm. Like I was always like one book behind right. somehow. I don't remember how. But Here's yeah, my question to you, out. EJ. Here's my question. There are a bunch, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia, and I was looking at one of Mm -hmm. them. I have one of the quote-unquote accompanying books. There's a bunch of side books uh, to to this series. What do we want? Do we want to do we want to do those going at some point? I'll do a beach episode. The beach episodes of the Beatrice letters. Lemony Snicket, the unauthorized autobiography. That's the one I have uh, over there on the shelf. And then there's like there's a couple others. Some of them are like not actually uh they're just like it's like a journal that you can use or something with like the art of it but but there's there's some extra stuff and i just feel like we should do it all maybe we do like one episode in the middle of all of this at some point where it's like let's check out maybe we figure out like release order of a bunch of this stuff but yeah i feel like we should do all the side project stuff in a single episode yeah i wouldn't mind doing some of the side project stuff i mean i'm i'm certainly invested in this universe for better or for worse right? right Like the thing about the the series of unfortunate events universe is that it's it's charming. It's you know for kids too. Like when it comes to like you know whether or not I want my daughter to read these, I think I want her to. Obviously. I really want Molly it's to just, read them. <laughs> it's just like I mean, it's just but they're such strange books, and I think that's what I maybe hooked you and me, Matt, when we were younger. Yeah, it's just how kind of off the beaten path absolutely you feel you feel like a freak for reading them you feel like nobody else has heard of this that's how it felt when i was a kid it was like there's yeah. nobody else reading nobody this. knows and what then these are. and then when it's like they're commercial exactly books too. and so and funny. when katie and i first realized like we both had them katie had the same thought like my, my wife katie was like these yeah. were my books this nobody else, i didn't know anybody else reading these and these are the right, ones that i was either. into yeah you know it's like this series that because it's so dark you're never telling anybody else about it you're just like sitting there reading it and being sad with yourself and you never you don't go share this with other people i don't know it's like everyone's little secret that they keep from each other it's beautiful it's, a, it's our little secret <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody uh i'm just so thrilled to be be going slower through these and taking uh extra time with with each of the rest of these books uh next week is going to be 
an interesting episode. We I, I don't know what to expect yet. I found a book at the library today. Oh yeah, that is a this very is, uh, interesting Matt's fun bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how we got. This is how we get things like Kira Kira and Root Magic. Root okay, magic, sometimes yeah. I go to the library and look until I find something. And next week is going to be a book called Thornhill, and it's sort of a graphic novel, but not even really that. I don't want to spoil too much, so we will talk about more of it uh, next week. And I'm very excited because it looks like. Here's what I'll say. Here's here's your teaser for next week's episode. I sent EJ uh-huh. a picture of a full page spread of a girl looking sort of like past camera, and behind her is like the dark image of like a woman hanging. Uh, so uh, it's incredibly dark. We've been on a dark streak recently. Watership down, series of unfortunate events, oh, and whatever man. this thing is. We, we are going to need a beach episode. <laughs> we need a beach so episode. Need... In a few weeks, we need something really joyful. And uh, oh, we we'll can figure read, out what uh, that is. Yeah, we could read Classen's new thing there you in go. a few weeks. Actually, something. I think Classen, when he does longer books, they're also super duper sad. So I don't oh know. We'll see. God, <laughs> it, probably, it probably is. You're right. <laughs> I know All Pax right. looks really sad. Anyways, we'll see. We'll cheer you up eventually. Yeah.